Hey everyone, you are listening to our three-part SAD SAD series. Where we're not speaking from the point of view of seasonal affective disorder, but from the perspective of being supported and devoted. Laugh, cringe, and find relief in our conversations as we speak with health professionals and each other. When the winter and dark days come, we don't want to just survive, but we want to thrive. As we are exiting this winter, we want to finish on a positive note. We hope you find some practical tools to add to your tool belt that'll help no matter the weather. You Love it. Let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, this is episode three of the SAD series. Um, we have a lot to come for this episode, but we're going to start off by, you know, little updates with Daniel. What's new this week, Daniel? Yeah, it's been a good one. It's been like, I feel like I'm getting like a good rhythm of my first Canadian winter. Um, although, yeah, tricky, like driving like in the sludge of ice and snow and all the rest of it. But I think, I think we've talked just about this quite a, quite a lot in the last two episodes, just about how like thoughts come and go. And it's just about not letting those, those thoughts stay. Yeah. Right. Um, my dad used to always tell me, like sometimes when I'd be like um in Australia we we call it a negative Nancy have you yeah, heard of that yeah, okay yeah. you have that yeah, yeah? yeah. okay for cool. sure for sure and so like if he was ever calling me out to being like a negative Nancy he would be like stop being so negative um like obviously birds come with birds come and like come and rest on your head but don't let them nest yeah in a sense quite quite yeah. weird and abstract no, that's that how makes, my dad no, is yeah sense. but yeah so it's this kind of saying like don't let like these um don't let that don't be so distracted by yeah. all this negative kind of thing or like mindset and don't let it and but then i guess like physically shoo them away from your head and that might be like <clears throat> like doing lots of the things that we didn't talk about in these last couple of episodes about really kind of moving and everything like that. So my throat's a bit scratchy. Oh, I ha- okay. I don't smoke or anything. <laughs> what about you? How's your week been? I think it's been good. Like you said, yeah. I think this week I kind of noticed like there were a couple things that are happening and they're little things, but um, they just make me excited for like the future and like what's to come, I guess. Mm. And it kind of is just, I mean, first of all, guys, Valentine's Day is in four days. <laughs> and it is the best holiday so that has gotten me through it but um normally again like i was saying last year whatever winter valentine's day is in winter it's like it's kind of as much as i love it there's nothing special but this week i sat down with all of the youth who come in here and we made valentine's day decorations and there's garlands up and it looks so good and everybody participated and we had long conversations while making them and that just made me i made me really happy and then yeah, cool. even yesterday we had some new youth come in the building and i connected with a lot of people that i don't necessarily like we have the people who come in here and i connect with every day but i connected with them as well as new people so it was mm. sorry my chair is making that's okay. <laughs> a unfiltered. lot of noises. Yeah, unfiltered. <laughs> um, but anyway, there were a lot of kids in the building yesterday and I connected with a lot of them and it was it was a lot of fun. Like it wasn't and it also wasn't really one on one. We were all in a group and mm. people who wouldn't normally talk to each other talk to each other. So it was just seeing that, I was like first of all, it made me realize how much I love this job. But second of all, I was like, I'm excited that I have a lot to come. Like as much as it's winter like it's february and it's going this well so in the summer and like in the future it's going to be so much fun yeah kind of like ride the momentum kind of thing yeah exactly so i think there were just a few things and even like 
again hung out with my friends a couple times this week and it was a blast so just thinking it's going to be even more fun in a couple of months because yeah. the weather is going to change and everything yeah it's kind of like if you can do it <coughs> oh my gosh my throat but if you can do it now you can definitely do it when it's sunny yeah. and hot yeah exactly yeah and so yeah i think there's just been a couple little moments this week where i was like i am like this is everything's fine now that this has happened like yeah. just little things where i'm like my mood just increased by 10 like, yeah so. yeah whether the sun's out or not hey. yeah, yeah exactly done yeah and so today we've got um an awesome interview georgia um had a great conversation with juanita yeah juanita. um who works uh in the mental health space yeah. correct yeah yeah um i think she introduces herself so should we just jump into the interview yeah for sure she does so. <laughs> so would you like to start by talking a little bit about yourself and what you do Sure. Um, my name is Juanita Pelly. I am a registered social service worker and also a mindfulness-based stress reduction facilitator. I have a private therapy practice and I also work as a counselor on the Kids Help Phone crisis line. Um, yeah, my biggest passion is the mindfulness and the mindfulness-based stress reduction course because I have gained uh, so much benefit and reduced um, anxiety and depressive symptoms myself. Yeah, I really use a lot of that in my practice. And how long have you been like interested in this field for? For about 10 years in mindfulness itself, um, was off and on, like most people didn't think I could do it, was struggling with it, knew the benefits, wanted and gravitated to it. And until I took um, 2019 in the spring, winter, I took the mindfulness-based stress reduction course. And because of the benefits, I just um, was so amazed. I then took the mindfulness-based cognitive therapy course the next year and then went on to be a facilitator and trained. And what do you think, um, for people who don't know too much about mindfulness, the main benefit of it is and how, how does this, um, how do you get into mindfulness? Ah, the main benefit, there are many benefits. Um, basically, more peace, um, inner peace, and I know that's kind of cliche, but if you can stop the noise in yeah. the head, which I think most people understand what that is, if you can stop the noise and just be within the moment, you gain um, the enjoyment of this moment here and not missing anything. Instead of being caught in our thoughts of the past, which typically most of us are most of the time, or anxious thoughts of the future, you can experience the present moment and that may not necessarily be happy or wonderful but you're experiencing whatever is showing up and therefore being with those emotions and learning to process them in the moment yeah wow she's got a lot of experience i'm really excited to where this interview goes um but just straight off the bat just those things what she was saying about like just stopping the noise and distractions from like past present no stopping the noise from the past and and not and stopping the like the anxious thoughts of the future and focusing on the present. I know that's such a cliche, but how she worded it was really like refreshing in yeah. a sense. And I really like that. Because um, I think nowadays we are in a crazy world where there are unlimited amounts of distractions all yeah. the time, especially things in a rectangular um, shape that live in your pocket, right? Yeah. Like our phones are yeah. always so... Um, yeah, like sometimes I'll be on there to like check my email briefly mm -hmm. and then 10 minutes later I'm still on there on Instagram learning about tiny houses yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, right? Exactly, something random. Yeah. yeah, so um and so I love how she's going into like the mindfulness. I reckon that's going to be very beneficial for anyone listening, especially me and you. Hey. Yeah, exactly. 
I love that she also brought up the past and the future thing because I do talk about it well me and her talk about it later or her and I or I don't know what the correct English is there actually yeah I don't know we we talk about it <laughs> we talk about it later in the episode um but I realize that I do that a lot I'm sure everyone does but like I have very bad anxiety like that's I have since I was younger and a lot of the time I just wake up and I'm like I haven't even thought about anything yet and I'm like oh I'm stressed out like this is just right. like I yep. wake up and I go to bed but then you know sometimes I'm like getting ready in the morning doing my hair or whatever and I'm like thinking and I'm like why am I what am I stressed about right now like there is nothing specific mm-hmm. coming up that I get stressed about I just am like stressed and right. I don't know what it's a, or not stressed but like even panicking about it a little bit or like I'll start to like feel an anxiety attack coming on or something and I'm like what why is this for like there sometimes there's nothing and I'm like oh I'm just thinking about the past or the future but right now I'm fine like right. yeah. sometimes I'll be getting yep. ready in the morning and I have things planned for the day I've finished my school for the day I'm on my way to work I'm excited to see my coworkers. I'm excited to see the youth that come in here we have something planned and I'll be panicking and I think to myself for a second I'm like it's gonna be a good day well like why are we panicking yeah. right now like let's just yep. leave this for now I can come home I can watch Netflix everything's going good so yeah. let's just playing with my pen again um <laughs> everything's going good so let's just leave these like thoughts for later and again that doesn't always help like yeah. that does not always help but i think about it and i'm like sometimes i'm like upset with myself for even panicking because i'm like yeah. there's no reason for me to be doing that for sure i've had a couple of friends that have told me that it's times even just during the day where they just catch themselves like all like tightened yeah. in their back and just all stressed maybe in their neck and everything mm-hmm. they like and they kind of catch themselves and be like why is that like an almost like a normal feeling yeah in a sense like why am i getting all this tightness and everything like that and so yeah i guess that's a big thing it's just being intentional in that of that kind of release and maybe yeah. a bit of quiet yeah and yeah quiet is not something i'm good at yeah i am not good with quiet i think everybody who works here with me knows that <laughs> josh mentioned it <laughs> yesterday thank you josh um but i'm not good with like staying with my own thoughts mm-hmm. because i again i start to think too much about the past or the future but yeah i think i don't know where i'm going with this but that's what i was gonna say not good <laughs> with quiet but i think it is needed or not even just quiet but just like living in the moment yeah like yeah. even yesterday when we were playing football um we were playing football with nick who is the executive director of launchpad me and daniel were sorry yeah. didn't clarify that completely <laughs> and it was it was nice out for the first time in a little bit like it was yeah. sunny and I was like, oh, this is so much fun. And I kind of just let everything go. I didn't actually let everything go, but I tried to let yeah, everything yeah, go. Yeah, and that yeah. was, that's what's important. Is yeah. I was like, I'm having fun right now. Let's leave the worry for later. Talking about, uh, or when she was talking about grounding techniques, um, I really like that it was brought up there. Like, sorry, I don't know what I just said there. <laughs> go again. Um, yeah, I think I'll go again. I really like that she brought, like, brought... <laughs> When we were talking about grounding techniques, um, I like that it was brought up that there are longer tactics and shorter tactics because she kind of brought up, you know, journaling every day, dancing, reading. And I love those because those are things that help you in the long run. And then we also brought up the shorter ones that are like in the moment you need help right away. Like you need need something to bring you back to where you are. And I think that's really important because um, for me, I only thought about the shorter ones when I was younger. 
I never thought about the longer beneficial ones. Right. Like yeah. Journaling every day, reading every day. Like when you think about it, those are definitely things that help you from ex- like being stressed out, anxiety, um, sadness, like whatever it is. Those are definitely things that help you on the daily. Yeah. But there are sometimes moments where you need like something in the moment, like, oh, my God, moments that you need something in the moment. I keep saying the word moment, but like <laughs> something that you yeah. need right then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For immediately. Sure. And I for feel sure. like there are a lot of shorter tactics that you can talk about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but longer ones are longer ones are interesting because I never thought about them as like mm. grounding techniques. Yeah. Like when she said them, I mean, journaling. Yes. Yeah. But dancing, yeah. reading, I never really thought about as or playing basketball, whatever. Yeah. I thought about them as grounding techniques. For sure. And I wonder like. Like adding on to that, because with the longer ones, like first of all, like they're very holistic. Like what she was talking about, like going to rainforests or whatever, how it can um, drastically improve your mood and um, and your sleep quality and your sleep hygiene. And then it's all relative, right? You go for a walk, you get exercise, and then you're more inclined to eat a bit better, then you're more inclined to sleep a bit better, then you're more inclined to, you know, all those things kind of link up. But um, I a lot of like the long-term things are really great because I think nowadays it's really hard to get into what it's what people call the flow state. Have you heard of that? No. So the flow state's like, it's almost like when you're say, like let's say reading and you're encapsulated by this book and it's like very much like that movie in your brain kind of thing. And you're so caught up in the book and you can just read chapters and chapters and chapters. For me, that's really hard because yeah. um like i can read but like i don't it takes me a while to fully get immersive in it and it takes me a lot of effort to get into that flow state yeah. so the flow state's kind of like say if you're painting and you don't have distractions of your text messages going off you're just painting you get into this flow state where you're losing track of time and you're just kind of it sounds quite like hippie and it doesn't mean to be but it's very like flowy in a sense yeah, so get, yeah so for me i get into my flow state when i'm like editing like when i'm video editing i kind of just get lost in it and then i could be editing until at 3 a.m and i'm like oh well that's a long time yeah. but it's also not ideal because i'm looking at a screen for so yeah. long but so what I'm, what I'm wanting to get into is even work like working with like leather like doing like leather craft yeah and working with my hands in a sense to force me to slow down so it's not like like in work where you have to, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. When you're just in the flow state, it's like, I'll do this. And when that kind of comes to its end, I will now do this. And it's, you're kind of, you're, you're thinking and you're being intentional, but it's not so um, demanding and direct. You're kind of in that flow state, which takes nowadays, it's, it's a lot harder for us to get into that because of all our distractions. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Does it make sense to say like, like my float state is when I'm outside. Flow, yeah. Flow state, not float state. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, like, I think about that often. I mean, we talked about this already. Being outside is really beneficial. But I, everything I do is 10 times better for me when I'm outside. Mm, I don't know yeah. if that's, like, when yeah. I was in sixth grade, I had an amazing teacher. Um, it was in Toronto, but he was an, he was the best teacher um, I've ever had. And he had us do a lot of things that other teachers didn't. Like, he tried out a lot of different techniques and one of them was in the warm weather, he would always bring us outside to do our school. And so right. like work yep. with our worksheets, we would all be able to go sit on a rock and just do work. And it didn't have to be like, oh, free time or like mm. gym. It was just like, you're going outside, but you're doing the same work. 
and I've kind of done that ever since. Like with my online school, if it's nice out, like I'm gonna go outside and do my school. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna yep. go outside and read. Even when yep. my friends come over, if they're sleeping over, we're outside the whole night. I don't care where it is. We can be walking around. If yeah, we're outside, right. it's ten times better for me. Yeah. Great. So. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely hear. You. Yeah. There's something. Yeah. There's something about it. Hey. And that. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 And a lot of the time, people like my a couple of my friends are like oh i'm a beach person or like i love the water but for me like i literally could be anywhere i mean not obviously i don't particularly like being in the middle of a busy street in the city but just like yeah. anywhere outside is just so i love it like yeah. i think it's so i don't know for sure and i feel like like i've had it before quite a lot when you just you know when you're on a hike and it's quite like treacherous for a bit or at the beginning you're getting quite tired but then you kind of get into this flow or even a flow even when you're sitting in a car on a road trip yeah and like the music's on you with your yeah. friends windows down or with your parents whatever and it's just like you're in this flow thing or you're having a conversation and you just chat for the whole couple hours you're in the car yeah. or something oh, there's so many ways to kind of find that state but it's I think what I think about it is that there's nothing that's interrupting it. Yeah. I last think. uh last May, I think, me and three of my friends, her mom drove us down to Kitchener to go to the mall. Whatever, like little mall trip. But on the way there we had the music the loudest it can go, basically. Not necessarily a good thing. But the we had all the windows down the whole ride. It's like an hour twenty minutes and it was warm outside. And I, that was one of the best moments of my life. Like, I still think about it now. It was, like, the entire drive there, it was right as, like, or drive back, right as the sun was setting. And it was warm out. And it was all, like, the group of friends. And the music was so loud. And I was, like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I think, and potentially people are listening to this and they're, like, no, Georgia, you're just an outdoor person. It's not a flow state. (laughs) You just like the outdoors. But I don't know. But you find it in the outdoors. Great. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and I think. I would argue, I think most, if not all people, would find a flow state outside. I feel like as humans, we're, we're designed that way. Yeah. We can still find it inside, but I think optimally it would be outside. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think some people don't realize that. I definitely didn't realize I was like that until a certain point. For sure, life. for sure. There's got to be some kind of um, commitment to see it through. Yeah, for sure. Because bugs... <laughs> bugs the cold you never know there's a lot of th- animals scary animals raccoons i don't know there's a lot of things that did not make me want to go inside when i was little maybe that <laughs> maybe that's just me mosquitoes are absolutely not my oh my thing. gosh yeah how you survive i know i'm from <laughs> australia grow up <laughs> that's true spiders spiders are not my thing either but yeah i there were definitely things where i would like want to go outside and i'd be like mm, too many mosquitoes i'm out right yeah raccoon i'm out well right. no actually i like raccoons but just like anything remotely not the best i was like mm, no this is enough for me i'm going inside now i am different but when i was younger i was like i don't like the outside because bugs <laughs> but that was my reasoning <laughs> but now you prevailed through exactly i love bugs i am okay with bugs now And leading into the main premise of this series, um, how does seasonal depression occur? Seasonal depression, really, they do not understand why or how it occurs yet. But basically, when the winter comes on and the daylight um, is shorter and we're not spending as much time outside, a lot of people um, experience increased depression and anxiety symptoms. Now, that can be um, some factors like 
the biological clock or serotonin levels are affected and melatonin levels because of that lack of uh, reduced sunlight in the fall. Um, the drop in serotonin affects mood and might play a role in the SAD because the sunlight affects that and triggers depression and also with the melatonin levels. Yeah. Okay. And so during this time, what are some things we can do to make us feel more grounded? Uh, being grounded. There are a lot of grounding techniques, and that's a real basis of mindfulness as well. So basically grounding techniques are compelling work that are counteract intense negative um, sensations of anxiety, panic, trauma, and stress. So any time you go focus on an object, a sensation, bring your attention to something you are grounding. And some of the grounding techniques are just take a deep breath and focus, bring your full attention to the movement of the air in your body as it comes in and out. Um, you can journal, dance, sing. Anytime you're bringing your full attention to something you are doing or a sensation or an object is grounding. Um, read, uh, become comfortable, ask for a hug, pet your dog. Yeah. You know, all those things. I, um, there are a couple of these that obviously I do on the daily read, dance, journal. Um, but I remember there was one that I used when I was younger and it was kind of a shorter one. It wasn't an activity or anything, but the, uh, five things you can see, yes. four things you can hear, I think. I don't know the whole thing, but um, my mom used to do that with me, and it was very beneficial, like, in the moment. Hugely beneficial in the moment, absolutely. So that's focusing your attention directly on and giving your um, self something to go by. So five, four, three, two, yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was especially, I mean, I was younger, so it, was, it really brought me back to where I was. Yeah. Um, so what are some practical things we can do that will help us holistically? Ah, some of the practical things. Mindfulness, again, is where I would lead off with. Um, that's a huge one. Get outside as well. Um, according to a study published in the Journal of Environmental Health and Preventive Medicine, a 30-minute walk in the forest can decrease hostility, depressive feelings, increase liveliness, and improve your next night's sleep. The results are shown lower pulse in participants who walked in the forest. Stress, uh, forest environments promote lower concentrations of cortisol, anxiety, spending time in the forest reduces blood pressure and pulse rate. And that's from the natureforesttherapycanada.org. In Japan, they really even prescribe the National Health Association forest bathing going out in for physical and mental health benefits. Clean up your diet. It's been, I'm sure a lot of people have heard your gut's your second brain. So the connection is real with all the neurotransmitters, the vagus nerve connected to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our calm, rest, and digest. Um, and that foods can um, greatly affect our mood. So if you notice that if you have a lot of sugar, people notice that children around Halloween, how they get much more hyper. Well, that's one thing, but it also can affect your mood and depress for depression and anxiety yeah. for not eating clean. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the biggest um, ones I would suggest. Yeah, I think get outside is a huge one because when 2021 I was working inside the entire summer and then 2022 is the opposite. I was working outside a lot and I could, even though the jobs were like the same hours, same um, workload, I could tell that my mood was a lot better 2022. Right. Yeah. Because I was just in the sunlight, it was warm, like 
I mean, I was also working in an ice cream parlor, so <laughs> ice cream. It's a huge but... connection, though, as well, to yeah. the outside. It really is. For yeah. sure. So what are some services out there that can help? Kids Help Phone is a huge service, and I just started working at it a couple months ago in really appreciating the value of it to Canadians and um, young people. It serves uh, young people from age 5 to 29. Um, it is free. It is 24-7. Anytime um, anyone is struggling with a difficulty, a question, a decision, or is in crises, they can call. Just being able to talk to someone is a huge help. Also, there's a family health team here in Hanover. There's CMHA, um, all kinds of therapists. Um, you can search through Psychology Today, find um, therapists that do treat youth or see youth, and there's all kinds of different modalities. Um, get involved volunteer, join a group, reach out to a friend. All these things that can make you feel better, that you can purposefully do to increase your mood, it's working for yourself to help yourself. Yeah. I also noticed a huge one for me um, in just improving my mood and getting my mental health up was finding my group, like my people. Um, because I know back when I was in school, like a lot of people I hung out with just didn't make me feel the best. And then now I've found a completely different group and it, my mood has improved significantly. Like even when I'm sad, I'm not sad type thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? How do you how do you find your group? How do you go about letting people go who maybe aren't the best for you, but you still have like a love for them as your friends? That's a huge one is right. Especially for teenagers. And it's like... So there's two pieces to that that I would like to address. Number one, when you said, when I'm sad, I'm not really sad. So you notice you're aware of um, what's going on in you and the differences. It's that becoming aware of what is happening for sensations in you. When you are with certain people, are they nourishing you or are they depleting you? And then being able to put those boundaries in place, distancing yourself from the ones you do recognize are depleting you. A lot of people are not so self-aware and feel they have to be um, the bigger the group that gives them some sort of power or fulfillment when actually when maybe less people may be more fulfilling in what you need yeah but the right people what are your thoughts on this quote from Johan Hari depression isn't always about biology it isn't always a malfunction or an imbalance in brain chemistry it's a signal it's telling you you and your body something oftentimes we treat depression as if we are a broken down machine and the parts are not working where really we are humans with unmet needs i totally embrace that quote um i think first we need to look at and have our basic needs met and that's so important for everyone if you feel secure safe you know you have a home and food and people around you to support you Look at all those. You need the connection, a sense of purpose, um, support, the good nutrition, the exercise, time outside. If you are fulfilling all those needs to the optimum, and most of us, including myself, are slack on those, at least some part every day yes, and recognize, right? Yeah. That if those are all met and you're still struggling for a long period of time, then I think, or there are certain conditions, definitely medication is needed for. But I feel we should need to get back to the basics first. We need to make sure all these needs are met first before we go to the pharmaceuticals, before we go looking for that extra help, which is definitely needed at times, absolutely necessary and saves lives at times. 
but I personally don't feel it should be a go-to. And the other thing I'd like to add on to that is that idea that we should be or want to be or there's something wrong if we're not happy all the time. That's not realistic. That's not real life. And I think when people are struggling with something or going through a period of time where they're suffering more or they've had a loss, um, they're just more stressed, they feel like there's something wrong with them when that is really very normal. Yeah. And it's becoming getting to know yourself and putting those tools in place to work with those times and actually not trying to run away from, push down, or push away those times, but being with the suffering when it comes because we are all going to suffer. Yeah. We're all going to have hard times. And I think it's even more important to learn how to be with those times and be okay than it is to be with the happy because we're all good at that. And that's where the work comes in, is the getting to know ourselves well enough and knowing what works for each of those moments in our time that we're struggling more to help us move through it. I think it's a really big thing to like remind yourself because it's not only, I mean, I find myself reminding not only myself but also my friends um, this a lot because we're all teenagers and we're in high school and we're thinking about our future. Obviously, we're not going to be happy all the time. Like, there's stress put on us. There's We're freaking out about what's going to happen in the future. And a lot of the time when me or my friends are sad, it's like a burden when and really it shouldn't be. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's a huge piece. And you think and you fear This is never going to change. This is going to be my reality. And everything is always changing. Yeah. So we know the good times. You can remember back. And if we look back, no matter how old we are, and you can see the highs and lows. Yeah. That's going to be for, it's everybody's life. And you can be looking at others and thinking, oh, they've got it all together. They're happy all the time. We all have that public persona, that public face we give. Mm -hmm. That's not usually our real all the time. Yeah. Even thinking back on to like me a couple years ago, I would have never thought about what would have come in the future. And I often thought like, oh, my future, like that's all I thought about. And now I look back on that and I'm like, that's still what I'm thinking about. But I was thinking about now three years ago. So it's like. Exactly. And it's huge to do that retrospective look and to see that, yeah, it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be, but it's okay. Yeah. So that if, you know, worrying about the future now, it's like, well, you know, it's probably going to be whatever it's going to be anyway. Yeah. So worrying about it, it, things are going to change, and it's probably not going to be exactly the story you have in your head. Yeah. And I also think another big one is, like, you can make your future what you want it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you're working on yourself, if you're working on your health, then you're going to have benefits from that. You have much more agency in your future if you're putting the work into yourself. You're doing that work to be self-aware. And to work with whatever is coming up, you're going to be so much more able to handle whatever comes along in the future. Yeah. That's the huge piece. You're in so much more control of all the stuff coming at you. Wow. There was a lot to unpack there. That was really good. By the way, you, um, it's Gohan Hari. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was reading yeah. off a script. No, no, that's so all right. That's all right. I wrote that question. It's also my friends and I. Yeah. I kept yeah. saying me and my friends. No. Oftentimes, me and my friends, it's my friends and I. So it's all good. But the Johan Hari, um, I'm not sure if anyone who's listening is familiar with his work, but he's very passionate about what. Um, oh, that would explain why I pronounced the name wrong. I thought it was like Joanne. Joanne. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, okay, well, similar it. to what uh, Juanita was saying, is how. He in no way is against 
antidepressants, but he's against um, those being like the first response and the go-to. Um, and it's, man, we got to be careful because I don't want to get too controversial, obviously. But I do think um, the West has built this massive kind of um, it's the quick go-to without without acknowledging sleep quality or diet or anything like that. Um, that's just my opinion, not um, or whatever. And so um, maybe I should just leave it at that because we obviously we shouldn't go down that a rabbit hole because everyone's got their own journey and yeah. everything and there's a everyone does what's right for them in a sense. But um, but what, what she also carried on to say, which I really, really liked, um, was uh, not chasing happiness. Um, like we're, we're very... Um, uh, so that's my horrible paraphrasing of what she said. Um, but what, she, what Juanita was saying is how, like, as a, a society currently, like, we're very... Maybe, maybe the right word is like fixated of yep. always trying to be happy where that's not possible. And I feel like social media has got a lot to blame for that because it's kind of like if you're having a bad day and then you go on Instagram reels and then you see people traveling the world and doing this and doing that for and you've sure. just had a bad day from maybe working at Walmart or something and you're kind of doing like this horrible kind of comparison or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've all 100%. been there, right? Like we kind of be like, well, my friend or this influence is doing this, but I'm just doing this but what you're doing is so valued yeah. and needed um and yeah so i wonder like i think that's a great point that we're too yeah yeah i hear like i always have the thought oh i wish i had her life yeah that's like that's that reminded me of a barbie song but anyway moving on. <laughs> um i like seeing again back to my influencers rolling back to that yeah, yeah. um i'll see somebody you know like uh 2019 emma chamberlain was the big influencer i'm not sure she drank like lots of iced coffee yeah. right? yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> how do I, I know that <laughs> <laughs> well that was like what she was known for a lot oh, like okay. she had her own coffee or she has oh, her own coffee line right but in 2019 it was really like her era i guess you can say she's still very very popular now but she's doing very different things right and back then it was all her youtubes and i was like or all her youtube videos and i was constantly like oh i wish i had her life or like anyway there's countless amount of influencers i can bring up but emma chamberlain i'm gonna bring up was the big one because um she started like she lives in i think she lives in la at the time or right. maybe it was at, at, somewhere in the states where it was warm yeah and it was always warm for her and she had like you know she was vlogging her daily life and obviously she's gonna vlog the good parts of her life that's yeah. what you're gonna do yeah yeah any youtuber is gonna vlog yeah. i mean there are many who are starting to show the reality of things now but most of the daily vlogs were the good parts so i'd be watching them and some that year for me was kind of like not you know i was in seventh grade i was in the very start of middle school like it wasn't or not i was ending seventh grade going into eighth grade doesn't matter middle school not the best wasn't at a great school and i was just kind of like watching her every day and i'm like oh my god like yeah that's so cool but yeah. she's vlogging the best parts like yeah i'm sure there were a million parts of her day that were not good yeah it's the same absolutely. with me i yeah. could have easily vlogged the best parts of my middle school years yeah, and people would have been like wow sure. that's so cool there were very little good parts but i could vlog them all and put yeah, them into one video and yeah. people would think how amazing it is yeah otherwise yeah. there were so many bad parts yeah yeah and and maybe that's it hey like i think with our current trend of like the short short video and vertical content how it's yeah. just like we just scroll and get a new video scroll and get a new video and sometimes they'll make us laugh sometimes they'll make us think sometimes yeah. they'll um profoundly move us sometimes will aggravate us so we kind of go on this like 
you know what I mean? So we're releasing maybe a lot of um, serotonin. Is that the yeah. right chemical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. get serotonin and melatonin mixed up a lot. Serotonin is happiness. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, gives yeah. me serotonin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I think maybe we're, we're with our current activities, we're, I think, especially when you get a follow or a like and all yeah. those kind of things that – kind of like that documentary that floated around on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it kind of really went into the intricates of social media and how that affects the brain chemistry and everything like that. And really, um, I think nowadays it's like if we don't, it's like our daily coffee in a sense. It's like if we're not getting our dosage, then something must be wrong. Yeah. Where it's like nothing's wrong. It's okay to not be ecstatic all the time, but maybe our our level of ecstatic has gone like a different level now because we're so used to that kind of thing. But we've all got stuff going on because that's implying that like my life is always happy. It, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, that's not true. But I wonder if we've got this constant pressure to always be happy. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think TikTok's a huge one for that. Like you're scrolling yeah. every second. There's a new 15 second video. The other social media that I t- like think has a huge negative impact on today's current generation, younger, older kids, is Snapchat. I Mm. think Snapchat has a huge negative impact because it is a very, I don't even know how to explain this, but invasive app. Right. Like, you can tell when somebody has opened your message. I mean, you can tell that on text message too, but, like, there's a whole, like, oh, she left me unopened, or, like, why is this person viewing my story or something Mm. like that, which, again, these are things you can do on Instagram, so I'm not... I'm not necessarily showing the best parts, but like, but most, most young people are on Snapchat though. Yeah. Snap score, snap score and location are huge ones. If you have your location turned on on Snapchat, anyone you add can see where you are, which is the first not great thing there. Right. But also you can track people's locations. So I know a lot of the time when I was in seventh grade, we were in a friend group and I could see when my friends were all together or not seventh grade. I don't even know. How precise is it? Is it just to say like you're in Hanover? No, no. Down to the T. Like really down, down to the address wow you can't see the address but you could you could lead yourself there wow like you can yeah right and a big thing this actually wasn't even a thing in when i was in seventh grade because i didn't have snapchat so i don't know why i'm using that example but i knew that a lot of my friends and everything even people now you'll see when people are together and you're like hmm, why are these people together? Why was I not invited? Why is this happening? It's such a very, like, oh, I got to turn my location off so this person doesn't know I'm here. Like, very, very weird thing. Yeah, well. It's the same with Snap Score. I know a lot of people who follow people's Snap Scores, which is just crazy to me. Like, you're, I have definitely done it before. I feel like I'm an old person. I'm 24 years old. (laughs) and I'm I'm What's the Snap Score, though? um, How, so your Snap Score is how many snaps you've opened and sent. Okay. So if your snap score is at a certain thing, um, let's say like, I don't even know what to use, 70,000, let's say. Well, yeah. Wow. That's very, very low, Oh. which is the weird thing. 70,000 snaps sent and received. Wow. Okay. So say your snap score is at 70,000. Somebody can check that. 20 minutes later, your snap score is at 70,000 and 100. And you're like, wow, that person has snapped 100 people and hasn't snapped me or whatever. I see people, wow, yeah, it is a okay. huge thing, and I see people, I mean, I've definitely done that before. I have for sure done that. All of my friends have done it. Everybody on TikTok wow, talks about them doing interesting. it. But it is a huge invasion of privacy. Like, right. that's not invasion of privacy. I mean, it is. But it's like mind, not mind games, but it's like you're, there's so much more to think about with this overload of information of people's lives. Snap score, exactly. Like, you're, yeah. it's so, like, 
you're creating problems for yourself by checking people's location and realizing you're not invited or for example if you're trying to play a trick on somebody else and you your location is on and you know you're with somebody who uh, somebody else doesn't like there's so many yeah. crossovers you can have there yeah and yep. i've experienced like eighth grade eighth grade was the main part of snapchat for me like that's when i was like that's when you could see everyone's locations and you're adding random people and like you know you add somebody and they're like what do you look like Wow. It's like, like it's oh, such a, wow. yeah, like it's a. So I've got a newborn, I have a newborn who's three months old and hearing about this, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's not having a phone until she's like 30. Well, Snapchat <laughs> is like, like I just remember me and my friends, like we're thir- 12 and 13. Yeah. And right. we're sitting there and we're talking to people who are like, I no longer do this because it's, I've realized that it's bad. But you know, mm. when you're 13, you're kind of like. So do you think ultimately the bottom line of that is there's such a big self self-esteem reliance on this information because say you're say you're snapping someone and then they suddenly stop responding to you and your what is it called snap score goes drastically up that's linked to i'm not really of interest to this person yeah whether it's friendship or romantic whatever but so therefore i'm at fault so it's all these things to like build up more insecurities exactly and i hear people talking about this a lot and it's the same thing with like you know, I heard somebody say this the other day. Obviously, I'm not going to say who it was, but yeah. it was somebody who was younger than me. And I also ha- went through this when I was younger. And they were like, yeah, I, you know, I added somebody on Snapchat and um, they asked what I looked like. And I sent them a photo and they unadded me. And I'm right. like, I'm like, that wow. is such a huge, like, I don't know. I think Snapchat, specifically Snapchat, is a really damaging app for, yeah, like, you're yep. constantly seeing what other people are doing. And you're also, the whole point of Snapchat is to basically, like, you're not really having a conversation with anyone. Or like, oh, they lost my snap streak. Snap, snap streak, streak is how many days in a row you've snapped someone. Oh, okay. So, like, yep. you have a snap streak of 70 with someone. You've snapped them 70 days in a row. And then you wake right. up and it's gone. And um, they're like, oh, they lost it. They don't want to snap me anymore. Like, it's just, right. I think Snapchat takes yep. up way too much. And then because you're trying to keep snap streaks up, you're on Snapchat every day. And it's just like, it's, I, again, no longer do snap streaks. But when I was in eighth grade, I was sending streaks out every day. Right. Like, I would just send a photo that said streaks and send it to people so that our streak wouldn't be lost. Right. Like, it's so, yeah. the point of it is very unnecessary. And there's a lot of things that I feel like. But there's a lot of, like, um. There's a lot of weight to continue it. Yeah, exactly. It it's very so, damaging. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and yeah. like, again, thank, I mean, I still use Snapchat, but I have slowly gotten out of the trend of all of those things. Like you have parameters and boundaries of, so you don't get carried away, yeah, essentially. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Basically. I mean, I still do sometimes, but when I was 13, it was, my yeah, location uh, was on. Mm-hmm. I was checking people's Snap scores. Yeah. I, me and my friends would on purposely check locations of each other like it was yeah, a whole thing yeah yeah and i know that there are certain eighth graders out there who are still doing the same thing so yeah it's yeah. a really i think it's a very questionable app and i think kids are starting to get it younger and younger now like yeah. i'm talking about eighth grade that's 13 that's already young to yeah be doing that. and i know yeah. that there are sixth graders who are doing this now yeah so yeah. on so on soon it's gonna yeah. be you know eight-year-olds it's like my friends at my friend's oh that's house. no no you don't say that oh <laughs> like that's why i yeah. think it, that's that's why i think it's a damaging i mean all all social media is damaging but i just i think i have a lot of experience with snapchat and i think mm. it's do, do you think like ultimately social media can you be <clears throat> excuse me can be such a beneficial thing 
with parameters and boundaries. So where, whether it's like a screen limit or whether it's a location settings off or whether or not it's a um, disinterest in like what you're doing, like in, not in snap streaks or snap scores or things like that, just kind of cutting yourself off to all of that to make, basically having it more of like the essentialism of just like just the snaps and messaging and keep it at that. Exactly. Do you reckon that's how to have a healthy balance with it? Yeah, exactly. I think social media is can be a very fun thing. Mm. I love when I go on Instagram and I see my friend has posted a nice photo of whatever. Nice photo of her 16th birthday. Woo! Like, I think that's a very fun thing to mm. be happening. Or when I go on Snapchat and I go on somebody's story and they're at a concert or they're, like, you know, at a birthday party or something's going on. I love seeing that. I love seeing other people's, you know, exciting moments. But I think once it gets to the point where it's like, like oh they didn't comment on my post oh like if your location's on that's going to get almost like 80 percent sure to get you into trouble at some point mm. like location being on if you're adding random people yeah. that is not okay not it's not okay and it's also like you never know who's out there like i've dealt with scary experiences where mm when i was like people knew my location mm. and i was adding random people not a good idea mm. never a good idea but like i said the younger it goes like the less brains are developed you know what i mean yeah when you're yeah. in sixth grade or like i said eighth grade i was seeing so many high school students who i thought were cooler you know what yeah, i mean 11th yeah. graders 12th graders so me like now i'm an 11th grader and i know that it was not it's not cool yeah. and i'm sure the 11th graders then didn't think it was cool but when I was in eighth grade, I really wanted to be yeah, older than I thought. So I'm like 13 and it's just, yeah, I don't think it's, and again, it'll go younger and younger. Seventh graders are going to want to be doing that. And because you're like, you're naive. Yeah. So you're going yeah. to have your location on. You're going to be responding to weird people on Snapchat, adding people who have added you. Like it's going, it's something that you're going to be doing if you have Snapchat and you're younger because you want to whatever fit in, be cool. So now we got to say, like, if you are listening and you are in grade seven, grade eight, have have boundaries. Have boundaries. <laughs> Think about what you're doing. Yeah. because, And I'm not saying, like, don't go on social media because yeah. there's no way that's going to happen. But I just mean think about what you're doing before you do it because in the end it is most likely not worth it to add a random person or whatever you're about to do. And the actual last question now um, is, is there anything else you want to mention to anybody watching the youth people interested in learning more about seasonal depression or mindfulness yeah i have to me it's get out of your head and get into the, your body and the world around you to bottom line is we spend way too much time in societies of general humans we use our, from our shoulders up we are not aware of our bodies so you need to become aware of the body to become aware of all the sensations and things going on because of all of our reactions, emotions start in the body. Also have a physiological response. And it's usually before we're even aware cognitively that something has affected us. Get into your body and learn what's normal and then learn when it's something has triggered you. Then tune into that. Take a moment. This is a mindfulness exercise. Be curious about what's going on and then respond with that new information. It's yeah. as simple as that. Instead of reacting, because when you react to whatever that trigger is, you could be reacting from something that happened five minutes ago, five years ago, and you're giving all that to whatever it is in front of you. Yeah. Whereas it just is what it is now and may not even need a response. But you're able to respond from a place of uh, more awareness if you take that time. 
and you seldom will regret a response, but a reaction a lot of times we want to take back. And the mindfulness stress, um, mindfulness-based stress reduction course that I do facilitate and am uh, offering, I offer them in the fall and the winter, and there's one in February, um, is a great place to start for everyone to get more information, grounding, and learn the basics of mindfulness and those skills. Yeah. I really like the like term get out of your head because I was actually just the other day I was really in my head and I was panicking a little bit and a friend just said to me um, you can't change the past and you're currently creating your future and I was a little bit shocked by that because I've yeah. thought about that but that made me really think about it because Absolutely. I was like that's a good thing to say I think like that's true and I need to get into that. We generate about I think if I can remember correctly about 90,000 thoughts a day or 78, whatever that number is, but like 85% of them are old. Yeah. There's nothing new. It's regurgitating the same stuff over and over again. And it, a lot of times we're in our past, it's negative. If you start paying attention and noticing that, and then just bringing yourself back to the future, that is a mindfulness practice that's huge in itself as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was great. I think this is going, this is super beneficial to hear, especially for people like my age and younger and older, anyone, but yeah, yeah, this but especially, yeah, for teenagers to learn the skills to help themselves to have a better handle on stress, because it's going to come. You're right. In school, teenagers, this is the most stressful, difficult time for most people because of all the things you mentioned, you know, the school, the relationships, the social, the yeah. having to figure out what you're going to do with your life. That's huge. To be able to get the support to help yourself to learn to manage stress now and to learn to be better and compassionate with yourself, which is another huge piece of mindfulness that I wanted to bring in is that self-compassion piece. That's a lot of people don't realize that they're beating themselves up 24-7. Start noticing the thoughts. Start bringing in. We all make mistakes. It's okay. Forgive yourself. Yeah. And it's all okay. Bring that self-compassion piece in because that's huge. For sure. That's a great way to end it, I think. Um, thank you so much for this. This is great. You're welcome. Was, um, that I brought up on the podcast that I was told the other day. Um, you can't change the past and you're currently creating your future. Mm. I Be hear, quiet. yeah, it is, and I hear all the time that um, you can't change the past. Mm. That's like that's an often thing, but I never really hear you're currently creating your future. Yeah, and yeah. I like that saying almost puts a non-stressful view on currently creating your future. If that makes sense, mm. like yeah. when I was when I was told that, I was a little bit like, I don't even know, but um, I was it it for some reason impacted me there because it was just like. Um, you can't change the past the more you hear it the more you start to realize it like you cannot there's no going back you just can't for sure but currently creating the future i just i don't think about a lot and i i do think about it but i think about it in a negative way right like right. oh how am i going to do this how am i going to do that mm. but then i think of when i hear that saying for some reason i think about it in a positive way yeah because i think like creating your future it implies hope yeah it implies hope it implies um it and it implies hope but also implies like maybe like self-accountability, yeah. your responsibility. Like it's your kind of doing to create your future in exactly. a sense. And so I think um, I think quite often we, we feel like we're very bound by our circumstances and environment, which a lot of times we are. Like we're, not, of, not all of us have, you know, like depending on 
friendships or schools or living environment, all this stuff, you know what I mean? But yeah. the, the, there is a, um, a responsibility of, of what we can do outside of that for our own future, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a real hopeful statement to, yeah. you know what I mean? To say you're creating your own future. So it will be like, it will be, is it right to say it will be of what you put in maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. basically. I think those two things, those two statements, you can't change the past, currently creating your future put together mm. is interesting because when I was told that I kind of thought, wow while I'm creating my future or trying to create my future, I'm dwelling on my past so much that I'm not focusing on my future. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it also is saying you shouldn't be focused, basically focus on the present time. Yeah. Because if you're dwelling on your past and then you're also thinking about your future while you're creating it, you're going to not focus on what you, I don't know how to explain it, but if you're... Kind of like if you're focused on your past, then you do a bad job at creating your future basically yeah. yeah that's kind of how i took it because like if you live every day day by day that's how you're going to create your future like if there's an exam today final exam of 12th grade whatever it is that's a today thing that's you creating your future yeah. but if you're dwelling on an exam you took last week and you got a bad grade on that's that's last week's problem like right. you have a new exam coming up don't think about last week's. Right. But then still, like, I don't know be, be, still be responsible and still plan yes, ahead yes. and all the rest. Of, yeah, good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. do that. But I think just, I think I'm an overthinker. Right. And I think I, I do dwell a lot on the past when I don't get a good grade or when I do something bad at work or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll for sure. I'll think about it. And I also think way too far ahead in the future. For sure, yeah. What I'm, I don't know yeah. what I'm trying to say about that second part of the quote, but I think currently creating your future isn't necessarily about planning your future. It's about don't don't think. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Damn, unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Keep um, going. I just think that it's kind of saying don't think too far ahead in the future. It's all, yeah. It's saying a little bit of like. Um, because you're currently creating it, if you think too far ahead, you're going to mess up currently creating Right. It, if that makes yeah. sense, what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, would you say ultimately like there's, a, like there's a great balance of letting your past teach you. Yeah. But don't get so carried away on all your mistakes, but let those mistakes teach you, be yeah. teachable. Don't get carried away in that. And then also prepare and be positive or be optimistic for the future but don't get carried away and overthinking for the future. So there's maybe like this balance of some sort. Yeah, I which, think it's a good balance. Quote. Yeah, yeah, I like that though. I like that, yeah. yeah. And like, absolutely, like you can't obviously change the past or anything like that. Um, but then, yeah, I think like the biggest thing is being teachable of your past experiences. So not, oh, for sure. Like not letting it beat you up, but letting it teach you. But okay, that hurt me a lot last time. I'm going to do this instead or something like that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, what a phenomenal series, yeah, hey? Yeah, that was good. Like, um, I want, I'd, we're yet to know if this was a good way to go about this, like, very lengthy kind of episodes, but we'll we'll find out. But this was a lot of fun to just be real and yeah. open and transparent. Yeah, I definitely was open on this. I'm yeah. going to listen back and I'm going to be like, oh, damn. Yeah. I yeah. should have not yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say shut my mouth more but that's really negative no that's yeah super negative. but like no but like having this unfiltered kind of conversation then i think 
invites more like maybe comfortability hopefully for listeners to being like oh i i associate that with georgia or with daniel and they can um so it's not about like look how good we're doing it or look how bad we're doing it. it's like just look how real we are about doing it maybe yeah. right and i also hope this reaches a lot of different age groups because mm. me and daniel have very different lifestyles like we stated at the beginning of the podcast but also a lot of our like kids who come in are in seventh eighth grade and when i was in seventh and eighth grade i had a completely different life than i did now like she said earlier in the episode not what i thought it was going to be but it's okay yeah well i would change it to not what i thought it's going to be but it's great but yeah what i'm saying is like i hope even if you're in seventh grade or eighth grade and you haven't reached the point in your life where you're like thinking like this yet just know that like both me and daniel were there at some point Mm. like i was there three years ago like we We've all been through every stage of that's that actually does not make sense at all. But that we've was, all been every stage of like like high school and like middle school like kind of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like I'm in the last stage right now, but yeah, I have been through all of middle school. Middle school wasn't my best time, but yeah, and I definitely didn't think as positively as I do now when I did in middle yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like close in age with me or close in age with daniel maybe you're two years younger me and daniel thought very differently two years younger i'm sure mm, yeah, so it's for sure. not it's not like doesn't you don't have to relate completely because we've definitely like i had a different mindset two months ago yeah so. for sure essentially it's worth riding the wave yeah get on the wave yeah have exactly. a surf. yeah everything's gonna it's we are literally ever changing yeah so great well, do you want to sign us off? Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how this series does. Yeah. I hope you guys liked it. I hope you liked hearing Daniel's Australian accent a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> because you don't get to hear it often. And um, we'll see you back with season four. Yeah.